and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your Seriously Pointless podcast about all your nerdy and geek things throughout history. Today, I am joined by James Hello. and Kelly. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Good. Feeling pretty good. I know. Did you guys have a good Christmas? So we're recording this after Christmas. Did you guys Just have after a good Christmas, one? Yeah. yeah. We had a good Christmas. Okay. Good. It was like one of those COVID-friendly Christmases where some people were zoomed in and they, it was good. It wasn't bad. I mean, we I know we got we were stuck at home, so we had the reverse. We flipped places for a minute there. Uh, I know Jackie and I were talking about this last week. We were stuck at home because Jackie got the Corona, uh, and unfortunately, she's not a, a alcoholic beverage lover. So I can't. I, the joke I made for her last week, the one we did before, <laughs> did not fly with did her not at fly all. Her she was like, she's like, I slap people for less. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. I'm going to get beaten later on, so that's great. can be scary, yeah. She's a little scary sometimes, Mm -hmm. but no, but yeah, so we we did a little, uh, uh, we did this kind of the same thing you guys did with, I know your brother zoomed in a little bit, Mm -hmm. we did that with all of our our family, too, um, as in we got something planned for maybe, hopefully, this weekend, hopefully. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But did you guys get anything good? Anything good for Christmas? Because I've not got a chance to ask you. Got yet. a new gaming keyboard and mouse. Ah, we saw and, it yesterday. Uh, yeah, nice. so I got a headset now too. So, yeah. what did you get, Kelly? Anything good? Uh yeah, I got some new head earbuds for working out. There you go. I got a weighted blanket I so s- I can sleep better. There you go. I saw that uh, James got you some. Uh, Critical Role miniatures, the Mighty Nine. Oh, that was like two Christmases. I got that, oh, from, the two origi- Christmases I got that from the original Kickstarter. Oh, okay. I, I know they're selling them. them. They're selling them now too. But I saw those sitting on the stairs, and I was like, I haven't seen these before. And I was just like, Huh? I wonder if he got these for this Christmas. I was like, Those are really cool. My, I like those. My original plan was I actually started painting miniatures so I could paint those for her. But I actually got it, and it's in the collectible box. And she's like, No, just leave them in the box. No, I want you to be good. <laughs> You can paint them the way well, I want be, you to. To be fair, yeah, you can't. I don't think you can get those anymore, can you? No, that was part I of. I think a they were just part of the Kickstarter. Yeah. I know they sold them for a little while, probably just to get rid of the extra stock. But I, yeah, I don't know if you can still get yeah, them. Yeah, I, I don't. I think I've only ever gotten one. I got a mug from them once, and I just haven't. I mean, I, I love their stuff to death, but man, I'm just like I can't pull myself to try to get some of their stuff because it is. It is sometimes it can be pricey, so. It can be pricey. Their their Kickstarters usually have decent value. I did, but the, otherwise, yeah, the merchandise. Is I did. I have to admit this though. I did. I did uh, put some money into the, into their animated series Kickstarter. Which are you? That's where we for? got the got some of the stuff. From. Oh, see, yeah. I didn't even see. I just I was like, here's ten dollars. <laughs> They're like, here, have a thumbs up. <laughs> I would like, like to see this at some point. Yeah, and I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen. Like, I know they released a thing to backers saying that it's going to be longer. It's being picked up by like Amazon Prime or yeah, something. Yeah, they they raised a lot of money for it, and it mm-hmm. was, looks the trailer at least of the little short that they did for it, but looked mm-hmm. really cool. I was like, yeah. I'm going to be down for it. So we'll see if Amazon. I'm sure Amazon's going to pump some money into it too, and I'm sure it'll I'm look sure. gorgeous. So hey, well, if it could be a whole series, that'd be cool too. Yeah, so I ain't gonna complain. So I because I was starting. I don't know. I know Kelly was reading some of their comic books, and I I love I love their their comic books. Yeah, Thank I you. need to do the last part of the, the well, series. Yeah. And I mean, people have made very successful TV series with a lot less material to work with. Oh right? yeah. So and oh. there are thousands of hours I know. of material. And so it'll be interesting to see. So speaking of television shows, today we're actually going to be going over Made in a. Biss, which is a, a fan favorite anime of ours. I don't know if everybody's fans of anime. I know we've kind of touched on like Miyazaki films, but I don't think we've ever really hit an actual like anime series yet, have we? 
aside from Dragon Ball. Oh, we we did we did, did, we did Dragon did, Ball Z. Yeah, so we didn't actually. That was a little bit older, and that was no. More no of our I mean, it, it is an anime, but that's much more, shall we say, mainstream. It was a tsunami show. Very. I mean, it was like how, like in mainstream. the day, it was like Power Rangers. I mean, a lot of people watching watched it didn't even know it was from yeah. Japan. Yeah, it I, was I one of those. That, so. Anyone who was anybody in the '90s watched DBC. Yes, yeah. well, absolutely. I mean, you can literally talk to. Any, I mean, that's what brings a lot of people into anime was these some of these more mainstream type things like Dragon Ball Z, um, Sailor Gun- Moon, Sailor Moon, Gundam Wing, mm-hmm. the really big popular ones like in those early '90s to to mid '90s mm-hmm. anime. Those are the ones that really kind of bring people. Cowboy Bebop. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. My right. favorite mm-hmm. anime, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's in my top ten. I will give it that. Probably top five, to be fair. Mm-hmm. So, but and Maiden Abyss is actually a relatively new anime out there. It was actually created, I believe, it was in two thousand and seventeen. Let me pull it up real quick. So, so it was originally a web comic that I'm gonna try and I'm gonna butcher the the, the, the writer's last name Taki Shobo. Okay. I know. I apologize. It was written and illustrated by Akihito Tas. Oh wow, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> Let me see. This is gonna be bad. Tahukushi, Tahoshuki. I'm gonna try and say that. Akihito uh, Sukushi. Okay, see that's that's why I'm not allowed to read things. And Jackie says I have horrible language problems when it comes to other languages. But I I can put it this way: I may not be able to say his name, but I can appreciate his work. So yes, yes. So and it is an interesting anime. Absolutely. I mean, first off, the art for it is just breathtakingly gorgeous. Oh yeah, it's really so that was one of the really cool things I was reading about. So from the time that he started it in 2012 until its inception, which they originally aired it in uh, September 2017. He has been, and whenever he's, whenever they started getting into production, he has stayed with it. Mm-hmm. And so he's actually a, a, one of the main animators on it still, but he's kind of like does a lot of the outlays and things like that. And they fill in a lot of the other stuff for him too. So, so he's still very much involved. And this wow. is a theme I hope we'll see continue in anime over the next few years is we've had a lot of titles over the last two or three years that have just been amazing art production values. Oh my God, yeah. yes. Like I know we mentioned Magus Bride before. And other yes. anime like that, that it's just unheard of. We talked about DBZ earlier. I mean, look at a few frames of DBZ's animation compared to something like Made in Abyss. And so it's, just it's amazing. There's just yeah, more money. It being is a little put, embarrassing. There's, there's just more money being put into this than there used to be. Well, because they see that if they put, if they can, if they're willing to put the amount of money and effort into mm-hmm. it, they're seeing that they're going to have fans that truly love these somewhat maybe smaller run TV or animes. So you're talking like the, as opposed to the traditional, I believe it's 26 episodes. Yeah. Normally, they're between 13 and 26 episodes, mm-hmm. as opposed to having these big, enormous Shonen Jump things that are like hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Whereas you, if you didn't start at the beginning, you're completely lost and you've got yeah. thousands of hours to watch and you're never going to get catch up with them pretty much. Yeah, I think the name of the game now is make a high make a high quality product, sell DVDs, sell a bit of merch and then yep. move on to the next thing. Absolutely. And, and there's a few and maybe there's do a few, few movies. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah, the OSTs or something like that, you know, yeah. it's like try not original soundtrack. Well, um the uh, like the big movie compilations. OVAs. 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 Wow. I was thinking I, I got the wrong acronym in my brain, so <laughs> I did. So but yeah, that's that's kind of how I was. Um, what was your initial impression of it, Kelly? I mean, just watching it. I thought it was very adorable, and it was very different than all the shows that were airing around the same time. Because it was really good, at, big into the travel to a new world 
kind of thing and just having a new world to explore with the characters from that world. Uh, mm-hmm. It just was very different. And of course it was beautiful. And um, you, you start off thinking it's so cute and adorable. And this and is going to be so fun. Not, and it? It, it, and very quickly you realize, Nope, this is not going to be that kind of anime. <laughs> so it, it's one thing I found interesting. Cause yeah, you start with like an orphanage. The characters are children yep. at the orphanage. So and you, they live in this town yeah. next to the abyss, which yeah. is this giant, mysterious hole in the ground. Yeah, so you, you run into the main character, is, is Riku. Rico. Rico, sorry. yeah. Rico, so she's living at an orphanage there, so. This boisterous, you know, intelligent little blonde girl. Yep. Whose survival skills are... Little to none. Little to none. <laughs> so, but, but her knowledge of this... So let's let's step back just a little bit. Do you remember like the, the main premise of the whole whole place that they live in, Kelly? You yes. Okay. The abyss is kind of the source of treasure for this town, and that's what the town does: is they send people down to the abyss, and they co- find things in there, bring them back, and then sell them to the rest of the world. So, so how I kind of remember it is, you you it almost looks like an, I almost like they live on an island, mm-hmm. like it had a dormant volcano on yes. it, but the crater is so much bigger, and they just kind of built on the inside of the volcano. Yeah, the volcano called the outer rim. Yeah, the, the outer rim, and they found out, I guess, as they were building that this 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 the 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 ton or what was the correct word the 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 abyss crevasse. the crevasse <laughs> that goes down into it just keeps on going and going yeah. and going and they have no idea how deep it goes and they, they've never had anybody return that's gone past i believe it's the third or fourth layer no it was i think like the fifth layer once you go to the sixth layer you, you cannot, cannot return go back up you cannot that's come back was, yeah and so, like, we haven't gotten there in that series, so you're just like, what's with that? You know, what's what's going on? We can kind of touch on that a little bit later. But mm-hmm. but each layer, they have it sectioned off, and it has that certain kind of, like, ecosystem and a different, like, I guess you would call a weird effect on the human body. Yes. Yeah, and it's an interesting premise, because I'm sure we've seen these kind of, like, dungeon delving yeah. things before. It, it, it's a darker take on the genre. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It reminds me a lot of something like Tower of God, if you've ever read that yes. webcomic. Yes. In the sense that it's kind of a darker take, but that one's more of like, you know, you're going to go up and whatever you want is at the wish at the top, and this one is like going down to the earth. And and there's no, no guarantee there's anything good down there. It, nope. it twists and corrupts you, and it's very explicitly dark, and that's... Yep. It's just uh, the, the juxtaposition between the kind of the grotesque elements and the cuter elements of the show, I think, is part of what makes it work. Oh, absolutely. And kind of like going off what Kelly was saying, it's like you start off with this this cute, wonderful little character, Rico, and and you think she's like this plucky little girl. That's I'm going to go down and I'm going to become <laughs> the greatest Delver ever. And you're just like, okay, oh, but as you go on, you find out like, wow, this the, the, the abyss is just this unforgiving thing like the real world is mm-hmm. that is just going to either you either become a better person for it and get these you know become stronger in it or it's going to beat you down until you die basically yeah. or you're just like, going to turn around a corner and that's it yeah, I think yeah. one of done. the first things they encounter whenever they strike out on their own like in the second or third episode yeah. is this bird that imitates the the dying cries of its victims. Like, who they, stuff like that? They go to try and rescue someone, and it's just this bird eating this kid. Yep. And you're just, you're, you're, and you're, you're thinking to yourself, you're like, God, why would you, like, I would be so suspect about everything once I got down past the first layer. I'd be like, you hear somebody screaming for help? Nope, sorry, going the other way. I mean, it's yeah. like, I, don't, I, I wouldn't even go into it, so... But like you, like yeah, especially when you you first meet actual divers, 
into the abyss that have come back, you think they're just like really mean, aggressive people. Yeah. But then you realize you have to be in order to survive. I mean, survive. That yeah. Anyone I mean, who wasn't died. Yeah, pretty much. And that's, that's, that's just one of those crazy things. So well, and mentioning them coming back, that's one of the interesting premises of the show is the idea that going down into the abyss doesn't hurt you at all. No. But whenever you come back up, you like suffer the curse of the abyss. And so when you come up yeah. from the first level, you get nauseous and the second level makes you like violently ill. It's kind of like um, you come up to the fifth level, you get transformed into a monster. It's kind of like it's kind of like getting the bins when you come yeah, up. When you're, exactly. Like, from dying Except almost. this is a, a curse, and they don't know how to mitigate it. it. Yeah. And so, I mean, some people are diving into the edges of the abyss to get wealthy, but it seems like most of the people who go really deep are just want to know what's at the bottom. I guess it's just an innate curiosity that it's like they don't care. They care so little for like the the wellness of their body mm-hmm. that they're just like I, I just have to know. And I guess you kind of if you look at it and taking a little bit of that concept, we as humans we do that all the time. Oh, definitely, all the time we push ourselves past our limits just for sheer curiosity to see if we can do it. And the thing that comes pops into mind is like bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. So and the one I think of the most of is because I, I don't know if people like, but I, I kind of like I like I like looking at bodybuilders because it, you can see. So you could, they put themselves through such an extreme, extreme. So here's one of my favorites, Ronnie Coleman, Texas police officer who literally put himself through so much. And he won like seven Mr. Olympias, which is the biggest bodybuilding contest you can get in your life. Mm-hmm. But now he has, he put on, he did, he pushed himself so far. He's had like something like 13 back surgeries. Wow. And so you think about it, it's, it's very, that's the kind of thing that, that you would, that these people will do to themselves. They will literally let themselves go insane, get changed into these weird monsters, yeah. all for the sake of just knowing, can I do it or what is down there? Just, almost. I just have to know. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's a type of madness. A little bit, yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because the characters themselves don't, I mean, they're, they're just flat out crazy. They're not doing these things necessarily for material gains. It's it's for something which they want. Like in Rico's case, she thinks her mom is at the bottom. And so she's going to find her mom. Mm -hmm. And everyone else has their own reason to go down. Yeah, some people are like, it's fame and glory. But like you said, Rico, it's simply because she wants to know whether or not her mom is down there or not. Like you said, she's... She's not equipped yet to go down there, and so she kind of, whenever, um, I believe it's when she's going through one of the first layers, so let's kind of back up a little bit. Each um, each diver is, once you get to a certain level, you get a certain, what they call, they call classification, it's called whistles. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so she's, what, a blue whistle or something like that? She's a red. The red whistle. Red whistle. You can go to the first layer. It's like yeah. the children, and then that's where they're just kind of digging up artifacts. Yeah, it's like sell. baby's first whistle, basically. Yes. yes. So, and, and she's that, but the one, the people that they really look up to are the highest level or the legendary like white whistles. White whistles. Mm-hmm. And that's what her mom was, wasn't she? Yeah, I think yes. you have to made it to the sixth layer. Yeah. Fifth or sixth layer to be considered a white whistle. I can't remember which one. What the yeah, I don't was. know. Do do any of the white whistles ever come back? There's one. Not completely. Not completely. Surface. They can't come all the way up. They, no. can come up like, they can come up as far as like the second layer. There's no, think. third layer. Third layer. The, yeah. the reverse forest. That's what I was thinking. Because yeah, I, I remember, I remember there was a reason why none of them came up to the surface all the way. I couldn't remember what it was. No, so. and, the, and then from there they meet the other whistles. That all and they, they do is go down to the third layer and then go back up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which I mean, to an extent, it's just like it, it, it kind of makes you think a little bit. You know, you know how far do you want to push yourself? And these guys are like, well, I want to know. 
and I know I can find some things that'll make me famous or yeah. satisfy help my curiosity or... society or satisfy my curiosity. I don't have to kill myself to do it. And that's the thing is you have like the black whistles who go to like the fifth layer. Yeah. And most of the black whistles you meet, they're like determined, but kind of ordinary people. Yeah. Like, I mean, like her uncle. Yeah. Like her uncle, they're doing a job. They make yeah. travels back home. They have families. And then you meet the white whistles. And these are the people who've just thrown themselves down into the abyss just, just because they, yeah. they want to. Yeah. And, and you're thinking to yourself like, what, why, what would, what would make somebody do that? Cause I don't know how you are, but <laughs> in, in real life, I'm not like that at all. I'm not that type of person. I'm and, and God help. It's just like, I think it's funny because Jackie's a little bit like that, but she's not to that extent. She no. definitely has the hard headedness and the single mind, mild mindedness. But ever since I know, since she's gotten married and like, if I wasn't in her life and our kid was in her life, she could totally be that kind of person if she wanted to be. Oh, she'd be in Costa Rica somewhere. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> she'd be like, she'd be like, poor Hank, might I please? You know? Um, anyways, she doesn't drink at all, which is why it's, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of, at heart, I'm a homebody. I, I, I'm the kind of person yeah. who wants to come home at the end of the day. Yeah, I can do vacations and stuff, but you know, it's not. It's hard to imagine that type of personality. No, absolutely. So let's kind of go. Do you remember a little bit of so the initial plot, Kelly? um, We kind of mentioned Riku already, um, and she lived in an orphanage, and she's being kind of like they're all all the kids that are in the orphanage are getting taught to be at least basic whistles, basic basic whistles, you know. So they don't, they, like, they can walk around town and not she's be real, instantly she's die. She's a basic whistle kind of person, James. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's one thing I can think of. She's got, like, a, she's got, like, Ugg boots and, like, a pumpkin spice latte. And I'm just like, wow. And so basic. <laughs> so basic. Anyways, so, um, so, yeah, she's, he's living in the, the orphanage. And what, what, what do you remember from there, Kelly? Um, her and the other kids, um, are friends and she, um, uniquely from the other kids has a huge desire to to be a great yeah. uh whistle and just be as and go all the way down and all the other kids think she's just absolutely crazy absolutely and so as she kind of pushes herself like you're saying she wants to go down further she actually runs into one of the other main characters of the um the show is a robot boy but she's not fully functioning whenever she finds him. It's more like a cyborg. I mean, he's yeah. got like some. Yeah. He's got some. It's, it's not explicitly. He's got some apparently very human parts, but he's yeah. definitely supernaturally tough. So it's like how much of him is robot is kind of left. Yeah. yeah. So he's yeah. named. His name is Reg. And the mm-hmm. first thing you find out about him is he's got these. He's basically got robot arms mm-hmm. that you can find out. But it's like a human torso, yeah. body, and head. As far as you know. Yes. Um, but apparently, good. though, when she started experimenting on him when he was unconscious. Yeah. And one of the things she mentioned was that she had shoved a rod up his butt to yep. s- and lost it. Yep. To see if she could. <laughs> yeah. Like the first, and this is when you start to realize Rico's not a normal person because yep. you know, she meets this, she, she gets saved by this boy, like in the first layer of the abyss. <laughs> She brings him home, and what does she do? She strips him naked and shoves him up his butt, and he has she has this little notebook you can see her flipping through. To be fair, with drawings she and is stuff. still like a child, and so kids are like very much like, I kids wonder are, how this works. Kids are like that, yeah. It's, it's like my kid does this all the time. It's just like, I'll be like, here's an example. If this grosses anybody out, I'm sorry. But I'll be going to the bathroom, and I'm standing up, and all of a sudden I see, I feel a little leg, a little hand touch the back of my leg, and then all of a sudden I see a hand going towards the the stream, and it's just like kids want to know. Yeah, they're uh, like, what is what is this? And it's and I, you have to react quickly, obviously. But 
Kids have that innate curiosity about what things are. Well, so that's a mistake you only make once. Exactly. <laughs> I oh my god. So I've started shutting the door so I can hear him come in so I can get done quickly enough so he doesn't go after the stream. So let's I there are countermeasures in place. And I'm actually like sort of like shoving my uh, my hip against the, the 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 sink, and so he has to go the long way around. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, you start thinking of this stuff. It's it's bad that you have to think like that, but it's it's funny though. But anyways, so she finds Reg, and after she revives him, um, they kind of start to get along a little bit. And is it does Reg start? Does does Reg want to leave first? I can't remember, or is it um, Rico? Was it, Rico always insisted on going down That's because right. he, uh, but Reg was kind of just didn't know what he wanted to do because he didn't yeah. know who he was or what he was. He kind of had, had an uh, uh, amne- absence, lapse of memory. Or amnesia, absence, kind of, of a amnesia, thing. Yeah. Um, but they knew he was from the Abyss because mm-hmm. nothing like him exists on the surface. Yeah. And so it was kind of a collective thing that you're strong, I know what's going on, let's go find out. We make a whole Delver together. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Let's we go find out this. what's going on down there. Yeah, and so you kind of find out as they go through each layers. Um, so they, so you, they, they initially, isn't it that uh, Rico sneaks off on her own from the orphanage, mm-hmm. and Reg is like, "Well, I guess I'm going to follow her," and he follows her, and he ends up saving her life actually from one of the big creatures. I think she makes it down. Does she make it down to the first level and well, the, or second they, level? They second meet. level. Second level is the one where. The giant worm thing goes after. No, that's in the first level. That's how she meets him. Okay, that's, how she that's what I was thinking. And then he saves her life, and then do they go back up for a brief episode, and then go back down? So eventually? that was how they met in the first layer. There was the giant flying worm monster that was okay. came up higher than it normally is. Yeah, and she's about to die, and he shoots this with this particle cannon. Yeah, and that's and when then he she finds him. She finds him, and then him. And then the, when they go back down, it's in the second layer. They run into that corpse bird we mentioned yes, earlier. That, okay, that, that's what's that, and that's and that's where you learn that his arms do other things. Mm-hmm. He's essentially just a pulley system, but you, they mm-hmm. find out they can use his arms that uh, seemingly have endless amounts of tether. Yes. Well, and that was something I thought about. I don't know about you, but where does he keep all the tether? I don't know. It's a lot of it. His body must be like hollow. There's so much tether. Or something. Or it's like. It's a thick cable, too. Or maybe it's like a nano, like a nano, like nanobites that like form as it like goes out and can just go on forever. And you're just like, what is with this? <laughs> but it's like super strong. I don't I don't know. What do you think, Kelly? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I just, I was going to say, I kind of don't know. Kelly's easy. like, it's a TV show. You're thinking too hard about this. <laughs> yes, exactly. She well, said, you should enjoy it. Yeah, you should. But that's part of the mystery is that he is a unique technology that no one knows about and no one's seen before. And they're going down to find out about that. Like, is he the only one? Are there more of him? Like, And you kind of get start to get the sense that, that Reg wants to, he, that's what he wants to do a little mm-hmm. bit. And he, and you try to figure out like, you know, is, is, is his mate, is my maker down there? Or am I, am I only, am I the only one of my kind? You're like, what is it? But at the same time, he's just like, I also kind of starts to form this bond, bond with, with Rico, Rico. Mm-hmm. and says, I want to keep her safe, even if I don't find out these questions. And he's okay with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess he's more of, like you said, he he's definitely more of the protector and I can do things that she can't. I have the survivability skills that mm-hmm. she has nothing of. But she's, she's smart enough to know to when to try to avoid certain situations because she's all this knowledge. Because that's all she did, like you said up there, just read, read, read about all mm-hmm. the layers and everything that she could possibly learn. So, 
But but yeah, so they eventually go down. And well, what prompts her going down is that she uh, gets her mom's whistle. Her mom's whistle is recovered. And Does she, who, who finds it? Is it her uncle finds it? Um, it's actually, well, her uncle brings it back, it but it was another person, one of, another white whistle that supposedly found it. Yeah, okay. there was the whistle and there was a note with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I couldn't remember if, I don't know. Do you remember what the note said? Because I was trying to remember. Something about, like, I'll see you at the bottom of the abyss. Yes. That's right. I remember something she, to that she, she kind of. And it was, th- it was thought to be written by her mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he, Which the they cast is, some doubt on that midway through the show, well, but that's it's the thing not is, certain. But the, the thing is that she never really got to know her mother because didn't her mother like have her when she was in the already in the abyss well, that, well that's, that, a, big that, that's that a big spoiler oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry guys i totally forgot that that was later i thought that was early on in there no. but, yeah. but yeah so like she 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 i mean her mom really never spent any time with her when she mm-hmm. was younger so mm-hmm. i mean essentially she's trying to chase him after somebody that she's never met which is i mean i guess Anybody that's never known their mom would love, you know, one would want to at least, or you would think that they would want to know at least. But mm-hmm. and so you don't even know if it's actually, like you said, actually written by her oh, mom. It's from, a very normal human desire. You see that in orphans, and you see that even in adopted children from good families that people want to know where they came from. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. So people need to know that. So after they get through that second layer is what you're saying. I remember correctly. Yeah. And then that is where they get the bird, per- the, the crazy bird, mm-hmm. uh, death bird or whatever. So do you remember the, what the third layer is? It's the reverse inverted forest. Inverted forest. Inverted forest. So I remember when the first time I saw this concept, it was kind of weird looking to me mm-hmm. and it kind of like, I don't know where he gets some of these ideas, but it definitely like, it definitely makes it intrigues me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you go through some of the stuff and you're thinking like, man, like if they, if they fall, like there's nothing, there's to, catch nothing them. to catch them. They're, they're yeah. Done. I mean, cause isn't it, you have to slowly descend to kind of let your body yeah, get like used to it. trees are like anchored to the ceiling and they're hanging upside down. Yeah. And you walk on the upside down part of the branches and leaves. Yeah. And, and they're saying like, this is like the last place where there's enough light for trees to exist. Once yes. you go deep. Isn't that kind of sad? Mm-hmm. And after a while, yes. it's just like, Oh, everything else for this is going to be phosphorescence or mm-hmm. something like that. And you're not going to, you're not going to be able to see anything, you know, unless you have a light essentially. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a sad thing. I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but it, though, there's, there's some pretty strong horror elements. In the yes. show. So, I mean, so once you get past that, like third or fourth episode, that's when the kind of, I've noticed that they're really like heavy, horror slash our dreading themes kind of really hit it darker and darker as you go yeah absolutely and you you start meeting these people that have been twisted by the abyss yeah so that's when they actually start showing up because Mm -hmm. they are kind of trapped on that third layer yeah so whenever they get past that third layer finally and so you, I remember, I remember that because they spent a couple episodes on the third in the third layer, and eventually they finally figure out how they can get down. And it's literally like, don't they? At one point, doesn't doesn't uh, uh, Reg just kind of like attach and just see how far just down he can go? Down, yep. Yeah. So and and it, and it takes a long time for mm-hmm. them to get down. And you're thinking to yourself, like, how does anyone else get down past the third layer? Well, and that was the there was the secret way station. They took the lift. I think is how they got down. Oh, is that how it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the inverted forest had that station put in there and that's where you meet one of the other white whistles oh okay and there's a lift there that goes down to the fourth layer yeah okay so ozen is actually in the fourth layer not the third layer correct the uh, ozen's in the third layer oh okay yeah, yeah. ozen the 
Those unmovable. Unmovable. That's who it was. Yeah. She's the white. She's one of the white whistles, and she's kind of the guardian, if you will, between the deeper layers of the abyss and the higher. Yeah. Levels. She she's in charge of the way station on the is the last layer. way it's like the last way station before you go up and there's a lift that goes up from there and there's a lift that goes down and so from, from from that point my mind gets a little a little fuzzy so do you remember um because they spend like three or four up it's like they spend like three episodes with ozen because she they doesn't do. she, yes she does a little like she does like training with them and things yes. like that and like mm-hmm. helping them like hey if you're gonna survive down here you've got to go off and do this this training and I think she like doesn't she like disable um, Reg's arms? Uh, she doesn't disable them. I think she just makes it clear that if he uses them, then they fail. That's what it was. Okay, because whenever he shoots his like special beam cannon thing, he goes unconscious for two hours, and she's like, "Look, if you shoot Which- this and you don't kill whatever's there, then you're going to be hosed because you'll get murdered." Yeah, it's kind of a MacGuffin. So you have to, you have to find another way to fight. Well, it's just a good point because even if you did kill the one thing, if you attract something else's attention, you're hosed. Yeah, you're hosed. Point, yeah. yeah. And so I guess that's when he starts to learn different uh, techniques to use his arms for those. Like you said, those extendable, uh, <clears throat> those extendable arms. He starts to really learn. Hey, I can fight with these. I can shoot it out real fast and punch mm-hmm. them in the face or all this other other jazz. So, but you start to learn. And I, the one was cool thing. One of the coolest things I saw was he actually makes like a little canopy hammock. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. He does that. That was kind of cool to watch. Yeah. But, but he, he, you, it's really interesting to see how innovative they start to get and. You notice that he doesn't really make up any of these ideas. No, like, it's, it's all it's her. All Rico. It's she, all Rico making up these ideas. He's not like a things. creative thinker. Not Nothing at all. novel or new comes from Rag. He just kind of executes. In fact, half the time his lines are, are you sure about this? What? Yeah. yeah. Are we going to survive it, this? It really kind of drives and makes you unsure how much of him is robot. And I guess he a realistic. Is he like a realistic robot, like a cyborg, like an android, or is he like a cyborg where yeah. he's like a modified human? Human, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, is this what it looks like to modify a human to live in the abyss? Or but is this? this... Is, I'm more. I'm air more the side of he's an android because of the sheer amount of like um, uh, damage he takes, and he doesn't. His yeah. skin never really cuts. He never bleeds. You never see. You never and, see and, him bleed. And I don't think we ever see him eat. Either. Yeah, you never see him eat really. Yeah, and in fact, so, Rico revives him by shocking the like metal plates on his head, and apparently, like electricity kickstarts him or something. Which is why I'm like, mm. he might just be a very realistic construct. Which is, and yeah, judging from the personality choices they made for him, it's kind of like, well, maybe that's what he. I does. mean, he's very he's got a very much a data kind of thing going yes. on, where it's like I don't understand these concepts, but I'm very much like I can I can calculate all this stuff out and. Mm-hmm. And tell you what I would think, but I may not know how to do it properly, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of how I feel about his character a little bit. Mm-hmm. But so, getting back to the story a little bit, do you remember what happens after they get past the way station, Kelly, and they get on the fourth? Layer? I mean, a lot of stuff happens on yeah, the way oh, station. Yeah. Like, yeah, a they, lot they of, really lot pack of, a lot, a lot of that. plot of plots. Because that's where you learn. Actually, you, you, you learn, learn a, more about her mom's story, and, and you learn that she was born in the abyss, this. and then there's like a relic. That, that saved her, that that yeah. allowed her to go to the surface. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was like a, it's a, like a box, and apparently if you're sealed up in the box, then you don't suffer the effects of the curse as you are lifted up. Yeah, because she gets born in like something like the... She was born like in the fifth or sixth layer of the yeah. abyss, and like her mom carried her up in this box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I remember, and yeah. her in the, the other... Her in the, the, uh, was in the Unbreakable. Yeah, it was in the Unbreaker brought her up, and, but she had, and the big reveal was that she had died. When she was born, and they put her in this artifact, so, yeah, and it brought her was, back to life. Yeah, so she was huh. still born. 
Oh, that's right. I remember that now. Well, and you, and, and you, but it's been so the, long since I've actually seen this anime. So. I think, I think a fun little detail that I kind of glossed over really quick was who her father was. And her father was a member of the expedition that the two white whistles were a part of. Yeah, and, and, and the father just died. They yeah, mentioned they like two give, sentences about him. They don't give him a name. At they all. don't give him a name. They don't say anything about it. It's just that he was a member of the expedition and she was conceived in the abyss, and then he just dies. Just sperm donor hands. Well, and you know you're in for a really dark <laughs> anime or movie whenever the father's the one that dies off. Because yeah. anything uplifting, usually the mom dies off, and they like are overcoming it. Like, I that's don't, how James, the Disney I don't know what are. you're talking about. It's like every Disney movie ever, there's no moms. James, but... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That is a cliche. It does not happen, okay? But, the, <laughs> but, but that's, that's something interesting I also found about it listen to this, that most of the white whistles that we hear about were women. Yeah. And most of the like, low-level whistles were men. And yeah. I wonder if there's a reason for that that we'll yeah, see Yeah, and, and I, I'm, I do wonder if yeah. that, that there's there's a reason maybe for that. Maybe it's a biology thing. Maybe it's just they're more mentally, you know, hardy for this kind know. of thing. And it's like, it could be a million. Maybe I mean, it's but, like, but just, maybe the just think about it. Her mom, her mom <laughs> I mean, traveled yeah. where most of her party died while pregnant and still made it back. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Well, that's true. We haven't. I guess we did see the white whistle that we briefly see in Minnie's backstory. It is. It was male, it was male but yeah. he was the only one. He's the one so, of the like three or yeah. four white whistles you get introduced to. He's the yeah, one. So, so bringing up Mitty, you you want to explain Mitty? Oh. <laughs> or Kelly, you want to explain? It's so Mitty. sad. You're, you're that's to... that's when you you realize that this is definitely. So that's where you. The show is not getting better. This show is not going to get any better. You're thinking, oh, they got to the way station. It'll be things that get a little happier, but then they get down to the fourth level, and that's where they meet uh, Mitty, don't they? They meet this. They meet this like bunny girl, Nanachi. I think and... it's a boy. Nachi? I'm pretty sure it's a girl. Pretty sure Nachi's a girl. I'm pretty sure. Let me look I, it up I real quick. I thought Nachi was a boy. I'm not sure if it matters, honestly, with how they are. Yeah, no, I, I don't know, think it really, really matters. But I thought uh, I thought he was a boy. But uh yeah. So they, they get to the fourth layer and they are attacked by this poisonous monster. And they hopelessly lose, but they're saved by this rabbit girl Nanachi who decides to nurse them back to health. And Nanachi has this companion who she's called Mitty, who mm-hmm. is very obviously a monster. She's like a boneless sack of flesh type of thing. Yeah. And they have a very, very sad story between the two of them. Yeah, they don't ever they have don't really explain. Let me let me look it up real quick to see. Because I was trying to find her. Uh, yeah, Minnie was definitely a girl, but I don't know but I thought Nanachi was a boy. I don't know. I mean, no, there should there was a clip where it showed both of them getting transformed. I'm sure you could tell from that, but uh, uh, gender was... unknown, assumed female. They say no, oh, okay, well. but it's unknown. So, so I mean, like I said, she's so transformed. She's like barely half human at this point. It doesn't absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah. she's like the this epitome is not of your, the, this the is curse. Not your typical isekai yeah. bunny girl. This no. is definitely the grotesque bunny girl. Yeah. So that's she's kind of the representation of the fourth level. What happens to people when they stay down there too long? No, no, actually, she no. was a product. She's a product of experimentation. The, oh, okay. Yes. There was a white whistle that. on the fifth level, fifth layer of the abyss, who is sending children down to the sixth because the curse when you come back from the sixth layer is to be transformed. Into yeah, a he, he okay. wants to go down to the sixth, but he doesn't want to risk his own life. He wants to find a way to be able to come back without darker tones, uh, so he was without ex- getting transformed. So and he was, so he's been so. kidnapping ch- orphan children, <laughs> transporting yeah. them down to the fifth layer. 
and then experimenting on them to try and figure out how to come uh, back from a the little, sixth uh, A little uh, Nazi-ish of yes. them there, just a little bit. So he, he invented this device where he'll send two people down together, and oh, whenever I they come back up, okay. it forces most of the curse onto one person. And yeah. so Midi gets transformed into this sack of slobbering flesh, yep. and Nanachi becomes this very functional bunny girl person. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this this person is still, you know, a usable no, specimen. I, I thought I, I thought Nanachi remained normal through the experiment. It was when they were escaping the facility with with Minnie, and then when she was going up through the fist. No, 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 Nanachi got trans because the machine he had sent him down and pulled him right back. Yeah, up. Yes. She it's very brief. She transformed immediately. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, Oh, that's right, and that's how they, she was able to get to the fourth layer is because she can see the curse and yes, know and how gave, not to. It get... gave her some unique abilities as well. She's been like touched by the abyss, and she can sense and see the curse of the abyss where it's thinner, it's where it's thicker in a way that the ordinary humans can't. Okay, that's what it was. The why was so uh, Bondrude is his name. That's yes, what it was. Bondrude. Okay, so I was trying to remember his name. So yeah, in in. That's what she says. Several children, including me, were duped into uh, coming to the abyss, uh, into the sea of corpses. Which the names he picks out for these layers are just awful. Well, and that's the thing; it's clear that there's nothing good at the bottom of this. No. Yeah, and so that's why I was kind of trying to hard to remember this. So that's actually when you get this Mitty and um, uh, Nanachi's backstory. It's literally the last episode of the season. Yes. And so I couldn't remember it very well. Yes, and it was a horrible cliffhanger to end on, and we've been waiting for years for another season. So, so. yeah, that's that's kind of worse. So you, I, I well, it, it ends even worse. I'm trying to remember, does it? Um, what's do, do you know what Nanachi wants wants Reg to do? Let's just leave that for people to watch the show. Yeah, you got to leave a little <laughs> bit firm to the desire because there's definitely, even though this is kind of a depressing anime, a little bit, um, it definitely still has that wonder and grandeur about it, though. Yes. So it's it's we left out most of the emotional impact scenes, so you guys yes. can hopefully enjoy it if you haven't already. Because even if even if we've spoiled a lot of the synopsis and stuff for you guys, simply just watch it for it's, the, the yeah. art. If like you do that for alone, um, just for yeah. the art, it's gorgeous. It's, yes. it's like I said earlier. It's like it's wonderful cross between the grotesque and the beautiful, and mm-hmm. the art itself makes it worth watching. And it's a great thing, though. And, and the story way. elements are the same thing. It's kind of this corruption of the abyss and the innocence of childhood, mm-hmm. and it's it's just a, it's and a and like most piece. horror places, our movies and and books, the the worst enemy most of the time are your fellow humans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just like real life. <laughs> the monsters like a force of nature, but the real people yeah. to watch out for, for are, are the, the the people that have that have actual physical like wants and, and needs are like that and they, they physically are like, huh, I'm gonna hurt you to get what I want. And you're mm-hmm. just like, You're a piece of shit. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and, and and part of that is 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 Rico's discovering how who to trust and who not to trust. Absolutely. And even if someone is, has good intentions for them, the way they uh, intend to help you is not necessarily what you want. Exactly. It's kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of wondering because I remember now I've I've reread in kind of uh, that last episode. I mean, remember, doesn't the, um, uh, Bonadrude, he, doesn't he offer to help them get to the next layer? 
I think that's do. Is that isn't that what they do? I does? don't. I can't. I don't think they actually go down to the fifth layer. No, they don't. No, they, they, they're, 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 they're on the fourth, and they were the they fought a monster, and I think they were about to go down when the series ended. Well, and and that's kind of when they ran into uh, the bunny girl. Was that? Yeah. Uh, Nico was having um, having trouble with the curse. She was starting to get affected. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, she got poisoned as well, but she was also yeah, starting affected, and so they were running into issues where she just couldn't physically go any further. Any further, yeah, because for whatever reason, going down, it's just like it was affecting her more, and she was, like, changing a little bit more. And I couldn't remember, but I remember they did that, and I'm trying to remember what was... Um, Having a brain fart there. Yeah, it's okay. We're going to move on to something else, because I just had a massive brain fart <laughs> about what I was going to ask about, so... But anyway, anyway, what was your overall impression of the anime? Uh, probably a good. Okay, so if let's start with a rating on it. Um, out of uh, out of ten, I would probably give it an eight, just for the simple fact. Um, it's short and concise. It's only thirteen episodes. They only have thirteen episodes, so you can watch this in a day if you really want to. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it only takes it only take you maybe three four hours to watch all of it if, if you just sit down and just watch it solid all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even a little less if you cut out the credits and things. I like the credits. I like yes. watching the anime or the, the the scenes while they do the anime. That's one thing I love about anime. They don't mm-hmm. just throw credits at you. <laughs> they give you something to look at while they, while you enjoy while you appreciate the people that did it. Um, but like you said, it takes these world real world concepts of like want and desire and kind of like cranks them up from like being a regular like three or four in like Shonen Jump mm-hmm. or. Um, or just normal human desires, and they just jack up up to an eleven. But like, what? It only goes to ten, but now this is going to go to eleven, you know. And so you really kind of like start to feel for these people because to I I as I don't I have, I have no idea what it'd be like to have an all encompassing desire mm-hmm. or a want to like to find something or find somebody or find you know glory or whatever it is. Because I just I just know there's people out there that are, that are like that are just completely and utterly driven by something in their lives, and I guess you know each of us we're, we're we get pulled in about eight different ways eight different <laughs> ways and we kind of split ourselves a little bit more like and you like maybe you like you'll focus about fifty percent on one thing on your main thing that you really care about but you never go hundred percent at all into one thing mm-hmm. ever. So it's really interesting that they use all these concepts and they he kind of distills it down into an anime that just on top of being gorgeous looking it's very accessible in my opinion yes yeah. it's just a very well done anime so i don't know what do you think ellie um i think that it, it embodies something that i really liked in anime that really draws me in is that it, it does take some very classic sci-fi and horror uh western ideas mm-hmm. and then kind of filter it through a, another culture's lens and then reimagine it. It's including very those. Japanese. Yeah, it's very <laughs> Japanese, but, you know, the travel to the center of the world or very, Lovecraftian um, kind of who, elements the, of horror. Who's the journey to the center of the earth? Author. Jules Verne. Jules, Jules very Verne. Jules Verne. Yeah, yeah, I mean, these are ideas. And, Jules and, Verne and H.P. Lovecraft had a jam session together. Yeah, I, mean, that, that's, <laughs> I don't know if they would get along at, very then, well. Then add Once, some, What's very racist? <laughs> you can guess which one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you add just like the a Japanese older culture to it, and it's it's 
spits out something that feels completely new and different. Absolutely. But it still explores those same elements and ideas. And that's what I really love about anime is especially when the West versus East, like meets East and then something amazing happens. And that's what I feel like is taking place in this anime. It's very rare. And it's very rare and it's, it's very unique. And especially as Western uh, media, even in the sci-fi and fantasy genres are going more like brutal, more, I don't know, explicit, and less focused on the story and character. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very refreshing. And and you kind of get that. I can, I can see where you're coming from on that. And because you get things like Castlevania, which is a completely Netflix series. It's got that amazingly gorgeous anime art style, but like you said, it's very grotesque and bloody and they don't really focus a lot on the story. It's very kind of a blase story. To well, be fair, I, I, would, I enjoy it, but and it's not I would the say same. that it's not even like the true grotesque. It's like merely gore. It's, it's re- yeah, it's literally like, how many things can be tear apart and have blood flying everywhere. It doesn't inspire real horror in me. No. It's just it's just gore. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of like watching a Saw movie. You're just like, I know this guy's gonna get his head ripped in half. Why would I want to watch that? It's yeah, like exactly. dumb. Like it doesn't scare me. I will say the first Saw was amazing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> after that, it got really tired really yeah. fast. <laughs> but I guess the best way of saying it is that Western media is more focused on the shock and awe yeah. and less on the story and character development. Yeah. And that's what people are wanting and that's what where it's going. I mean, getting and, there slowly. And it's getting, yes. But a lot of the Japanese exploring of elements I like, which is fantasy and sci-fi and kind of adventure, there's still a huge focus on telling a good story. Mm-hmm. And this embodies that. So if you liked that one, if you liked this, I would highlight, have you seen Goblin Slayer at all? Yes. So it's got that same yeah. feel I'm talking about. So yeah, so I actually... I, 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 I really like that one. But so, the, it's so dark at certain it's points. So but yes. that, that series <laughs> Just actually... Just watch the first episode. Well, exactly. That's what I was like. I remember watching the episode, I'm like, I'm like, they just didn't know. They didn't do that. Yes, they, yes, yes they, they did. did. Yes, they did. Oh my you god! You can't do that in anime. Oh, uh, they did. <laughs> yeah, but I, I we should do an episode on that one. But I feel like this is almost the reverse. Whereas the, the abyss starts off super cute and becomes yeah. dark. Whereas I think in Dragon Slayer they yeah. start off or Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer. Yeah. They, they it reverses. It starts off super dark and gritty, but yeah. as the series goes on, it you start adding more lighter elements to it. Yeah, and eventually you have the party of heroes, yes. and you have the generic shaman dragon guy, and I'm like, that's funny. Yes. So well, and I think that's what works really, really well at Made of Abyss. It's yeah. when you have these very, very human elements, you know, in some ways, like the drive to explore, the caring for your friends, the learning about your mom. These are some of the like purest and most like you know, truly. This is like peak human emotions right here. This is. I mean, it's, it's kind of like this is a lot of the essence of what it means to be human. It'd be kind of like if I were if I were to be like, "Hey, Kelly, I'm going to shoot your mom and kill her." Kelly would probably kill me before I could do it. You know, that's a very that's a very. <laughs> I, I hate to say. I mean, I'm being very frank and blunt about it, but if mm-hmm. I was that kind of person. Yeah. That's that you would want to go yeah. protect your parent, you know. It's it's the same way or other way around, you know. Yeah, so it's it's an embodiment of these very very pure human emotions and elements that are the artist does a good job because he puts them in the form of children, which kind of just 
cranks that up a little bit. Yeah. And he Stephen King's it. Yeah, yeah highlight <laughs> it, it throws in a very sharp relief. You know, these are the pure human, you know, representation, and then you see them descend into this horrific environment, yep. and it's you know the horror contrasting with the purity of humanity yep. that really kind of drives home the the horror of the situation. And then you encounter these other people, like you know the Osrin. The unmovable, these people who've already been twisted and corrupted by the abyss, yeah. and you're watching your characters slowly kind of work their way down, and it's like, what's going to happen to them? I don't know. You're like, are they going to become less human? Is or... this going to be the hero's journey where they manage to come back changed to the to the real world, quote unquote, at the top yeah. of the abyss? They find the way to get back, and it's or like... do they go to the bottom and are they twisted and corrupted too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the story. I mean, yeah, it's like you. Have to, you that's why I'm, I'm interested. I know you could probably read the web comic and find out because web comic, because it's been out way longer. But I don't. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to do that. I've, I've started watching the anime. I like the way it is. And I know that was kind of the, one of the downsides about this year. The between the whole you know, you know COVID nineteen thing and all this other stuff. But there was there was set to come out. It was the next season was set to come out this mm-hmm. year. But it's been it's been delayed because of everything that's going on, especially with Japan and Japan of all places. Yeah, and so I kind of feel that hopefully this year it's supposed to come out. I think, and I will say, COVID has made me much more aware of how many people are involved in the arts industry and in making a show like this. Like yep. from the writers to the directors to the voice actors, there's there's so many chains of hands that it's honestly amazing they can produce a weekly show at all. Yes. Exactly, and yeah. then under COVID conditions where people are coming in and out and where they can't meet, I mean, yeah, yeah it, we're just lucky to have gotten anything. Well, I mean, a lot of people are doing, like you said, they're doing work from home, and they're doing. A, and I just, I think it's amazing that people are able to do that, and still provide us with quality content like like some of this stuff. Oh so. yeah, yeah. And, and Funimation. I don't know if the Funimation subscription service, like for their simultaneous dubs, have been spotty this year. But I'm honestly appreciative we have anything at all at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like watching. Um, they can't. They were come. They came out with a couple things on Netflix, and I can't remember what it was. And I was super excited about. Like they came out with Queen's Gambit and things like that. Mm-hmm. I was just like, they made that during. You know, they started uh, started in early 2000 or mid 2019. They were still. It was still wrapping in early 2020 of this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that was when everything was going on. I'm like, that was a great series. I don't know if you guys watched that at all, but it's yeah. it's really. It was just amazing that anybody was able to actually do any of that stuff mm-hmm. during this. So, I hats off to off any off to anybody that's been working on at home, especially uh, trying to provide us with content to keep our minds off things. Because I know <laughs> yes. that has been the one saving grace of this year is there's been plenty of things to watch and kind of take your minds off things and, and not have to think about the crappy life <laughs> we're living in right now for the one year at least. So, yeah. Uh, Anyway. Well, here we go. We could think of some content people could watch if they want to amuse themselves. Yeah. So, uh, so Baumgartner Restoration on yeah, YouTube. Let's do. Let's do this. Let's do this. We'll do. Um, ta- we'll do a three, three, three thing, th- three anime or movies. You want to do guys want to okay. do that? Sure. And we'll go do a round table one each or one each at a time. So sure. let's start with James. You said what was it? So this was a YouTube channel mm-hmm. um, called Baumgartner Restoration. Okay. He's an art restorer. And he has this amazing, mesmerizing voice, and you can watch him clean and restore art. It doesn't sound amazing when I tell you, but I've watched like hundred hours. It's very soothing. It's it's amazing. Actually, I think I've watched him a couple of times. He actually he's very very good. At like some of the stuff he does. The it's artwork is beautiful. The restoration is dramatic. He explains what he's doing, so it's food for your brain too. 
Yeah. It's it's good. It's a great kind of if you want to just sit down. And his relax. voice is super chill. Yeah. It's, oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's when you have one of those wonderful voices. Mm-hmm. It's like it's kind of like watching Bob Ross do paintings. Like, Happy little trees. And his, his hatred of staples warms my heart. <laughs> <laughs> or watching uh, uh, Mr. Like, Rogers. He doesn't yell. But he'll be like, and they use staples. And then there's a pause. And then he moves on. <laughs> he just, it's the undertone. You're like, he really, what he's really saying is like, fuck staples. <laughs> Pretty much. <yeah. laughs> Anyways, Kelly, what's your, what's your one? Um, one thing that I've discovered in the last year is probably uh, Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World. It's a podcast. Okay, that's fun. Um, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Aiken is a Catholic apologist, but he is part of this network that is uh, doing, exploring kind of geek culture, uh, but through a Catholic lens. And he does a really good job just exploring different kind of mysteries of the world and um, going through them with using reason. And he's really good at doing research and then also doing like a Catholic are you saying that we're not thorough, Kelly? <laughs> well, <laughs> this, this is a conversation. Not like the guy who reads no, multiple no, no. books for every episode. Yes. <laughs> no, no, trust me. I know we're very lax. Trust yeah. me. This is more of a conversation. Well, yeah, his okay. is more of a in-depth research evaluation it's like, it's like going of to a different college, things. College course. Yeah. Yes. If you want to, if you want to check him out, highly recommend the Skinwalker Ranch episode. That's a oh, great yes. one. That's a great one. Dabble in and see what he's all about. Yes, because yeah. that's probably one of the best episodes. So, kind of going off that a little bit. Um, I don't know if you guys like him or not, but I, I've really started getting into um, uh, the guys that do uh, last podcast on the left. They're a little crass sometimes, but I love their stuff. They do a lot of like really weird. So they do like unexplained phenomena type stuff. They're very much like the late night talk show, uh, coast to coast stuff. Okay. They do UFO sightings, um, uh, supernatural things, but they also, the thing I really like, what I really care, I really like pay attention to on their podcast is when they, they do serial killers and they do, uh, cults and, okay. uh, different types of religions and things like that. They do, and like they just got done with one. Um, it's actually a, he was a French Canadian. Um, that was a cult leader back in the sixties, I believe. Um, and he, and some of the stuff he did, I'm trying to remember what his, what his name was. Um, let me pull it up, but, um, they do some of their con, their content is premium. They're actually a very big podcast at this point. Um, but I, I just love sitting, I will sit there for hours and my wife will sit there like, why do you, why are you listening to this? This is awful. This sounds, <laughs> this sounds disgusting. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's still fun though. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me find it. His name's uh, Rock Theralt. Thera- uh, but yeah, he's, um, he's very famous uh, for um, basically ended up, he ended up killed like almost half his cult actually, oh, because wow. just as punishment to like basically have that, because he had a very big like God complex thing. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's, that's my, that's my top one podcast that I, I've been listening to. Well, you might like Jimmy Akins. Like you that kind you of should try I, it, try it. I, I mean, always, he, he does kind of keep it family friendly, yeah. but he does like give you resources. Yeah, these guys definitely, they're bad. Like we are, they definitely veer off and talk about <laughs> random things. I remember one talk, one time they talked about Donald Duck blowing himself and I'm like, that's, I don't know how I, that we got into this. This exactly like he has a bill. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, how do we get here? But I, I'm going to have to try and. If you're familiar with the physiology of ducks, I'm not going to get there. <laughs> okay, they, let's they, not go into they, that. They try to explain it, and I'm like, I I just want to get back to the podcast. I just okay. want to get back. To, yeah, can get we get back to, back to our podcast? I know. If you've never watched True Facts About Ducks by Isa Frank, then 
Yeah, it's, it's anyway, interesting. Moving so, on. <laughs> so your second, your second one, have you thought of something yet? Uh, second one, I really enjoyed Tasting History. It's another YouTube channel. Yeah. It's I don't know what the guy's background is, but he obviously has a historical background. Mm-hmm. He started like right when COVID started mm-hmm. as a tiny channel, and he's exploded. He's but, the one who showed me where he did uh, traditional oyster sauce, sort of was, or what was the Roman thing he did? Oh, you, I showed you the garum video. Garum, that's where what he it made was. garum in his kitchen, which yeah. is a tremendously bad decision. But. <laughs> Stinky. But he does like a weekly YouTube video where he'll do a historical dish. Mm-hmm. He usually shows the original recipe and he has a stylized, very fun kind of history section. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's great. It's another one of those weird YouTube channels that seemingly springs forth fully formed. Like there's not like the awkward beginning period. So clearly no, he, he has some type of history art background since he... Yeah. obviously knew how to structure a video when he started. No, absolutely. I remember watching that with you and I was like, I was very amazed at the well, because we were looking at one of his uh, first couple, we looked at quite a few of his videos. I think I showed you the Garam one and we might have done one of the other ones. And you told me he just started this year and I was like very impressed, yeah, honestly. Like, he started but he started just before COVID, but it wasn't before January. I mean, he's coming yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, I remember because you said he got laid off from his job and so he's like, yeah. I'm just going to do this and he <laughs> Took off like a rocket, which is great. And now he does this. <laughs> yeah, and much more fun probably for him than his other his actual real job that he had yeah. before. So I mean, it's way more. But Kelly, um, <laughs> that's okay. I know I kind of threw this at you. Yeah, do you want me to go first? And get yeah, go go ahead. Okay, so um, mine was actually it's the uh, uh, Cormoran Strike series. Jackie actually got me into this. It's a um, it's a detective novel series. You're thinking being in my profession in mm-hmm. law enforcement, I would hate detective novels because there's always some like plot holes or things like that but i actually really like um the series so it's uh technically it's written by uh uh robert galbraith who is it's a pseudonym for uh jk rowling actually okay so it's her series and really? yeah if you and we we've got the first two books um or i think we've got, i think we've got all of them actually there's five out right now um and i'm on the second one which is called the silk worm she does such an excellent job at writing the story that even though I kind of usually know who who's going to do, it would be the bad guy in it. Mm-hmm. So it's it, the whole thing is it's, it's about this um, one legged uh, uh, ex military uh, uh, investigator uh, basically uh, is a private eye now and he gets hired out and things like that. And the first book he's, he's very much down on his luck living in his office, living basically because mm-hmm. he can't make rent and things like that. And he ends up catching a very uh, big case from a high client because his sister commits suicide and all this other stuff. And he ends up finding out who the actual killer is. I don't want to ruin the book for anybody, <laughs> but it's really well done. Basically gets him uh, some notoriety because the police are like, it's a suicide. And he's like, no, it's not. <laughs> and he finds out who it is and shoots him in a limelight. And that's kind of where he goes from there. And, and it, But the way she does it, it it's very... It's very well written, and, and, and the way she clunks it out, it's very much kind of rem- it's very reminiscent of old like uh, PI stories from like the 1950s. But it's got that okay, new like of noir type thing, kind of, almost almost a little bit. But at the same time, it has um, it definitely has a, a, a an updated kind of vocabulary, which helps it out significantly. On top of it, she just does, a, does an excellent job in describing things. Just like in her Harry Potter books, you know how like, she always describes the smells and things like that, and she does that in these books. And I love it to death. She could do that all day. So, and I'm actually that's what I'm listening to right now. So, but um, 
But yeah, that's my second pick. If you guys want to ever get a chance to do it, go ahead and, and, and check that out. But uh, Kelly, what was your second one? I know we uh, my second one, I thought of a, another podcast series I was mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoying, and that is How I Died. That's interesting. Explain that to me. How, what is this about? Because this, this throws me for a loop a little bit. This is actually a, a kind of a a daily drama kind of a th- a okay. thing. It's like a radio drama kind of thing, but so, it's in a podcast. So is it kind of like a thrilling adventure hour a little bit? Have you ever heard of something? I've not heard of that one. It's the same thing. It's like a serialized thing. It's a serialized like story and they're acting it out and different voice actors are doing it. And the reason I know about it is one of our friends worked on it. Oh, cool. uh, it was one of Shayna's projects. Oh, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Cool. I have to check that out. And yeah. it, it's, it's, Really Is that good. the one where she's the sheriff? She's the sheriff, yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. So uh, that totally flew him away. Sorry, Shane, if you're listening to this. I'd love to listen to it now. I've been bad at this point. Um, but that sounds really cool. I have to check mm-hmm. that out. So is it? what's the what's the premise of it? Do you just want to give it um, a brief? The final first episode, the main character, I forget his name, uh, but he is a, um, a coroner that just started this job in this weird small town and he can talk to ghosts. He can talk to spirits and that's kind of like the stick and he helps uh, figure out what's going on and, and the investigate crimes and those big things that he can talk to ghosts. That's cool. I I enjoy that. I'd probably be okay with it. I could give Shannon some pointers. <laughs> hey, you know, Sheriff wouldn't do that. <laughs> She's like, shut up. It's not yet. I don't write the dialogue. I just, I just, I just, I just, I just read it. <laughs> I just read it and talk and speak it. So, what's uh, what's your third one, James? My third one is going to be I have a book series. Mm-hmm. It's called Awaken Online. It's written by Travis Bagwell. Huh, and there's cool. an excellent audiobook one, a uh, rendition done by David Stifle. And it's a lit RPG, but it's one of the better ones I've encountered. Okay. A lot of them tend to be kind of mechanic grind fest where you're mm-hmm. constantly getting character stat blocks thrown at you and there's no real character development or story. This one has, it's kind of more along, along the lines of like a young adult novel, mm-hmm. and especially like a later young adult novel. And it features this game called Awaken a Lion and how it just came out and what its kind of impact on the world is. And the main huh. character's name is Jason. He's your typical kind of bullied kid in high school who's not getting the girl. And it starts with him traveling into Awaken Online where he quickly kind of becomes the game's villain. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I like that a little bit. Uh, yeah, but, cool. but the other thing I, I like about that one is that he's has a couple of side stories. Uh, so kind of give a different perspective of the same world. Yeah, so huh. there, there's four main books so far from Jason's point of view. And between each one, between each of the main books, there's a side story. So like Riley, the female lead character, has her book. And then there's one for, oh, what's the name of the, the Blue Mage? I don't remember her name. Yeah, the next one has another female character's book. What's and the, the, the third one's Frank. Name? It's called oh, Awaken Online is the first one. Mm-hmm. And like there's two or three books from another part go. of the world out now is a side story as well, featuring a different So I got Carthrisis, Carthus, I got Precipice, Inferno, Evolution, Ember, Dominion, Flame. There's a, apparently there's been there's, a lot. There's quite a there, few. There's them. four main books right wow. now. There's three side three side quest books, and then there's a side series about the fire one. Oh dear. That's yeah. the oh, okay. Ones. Awaken Online Karat. Okay, that's the first one. So I will. Put that on my wish, on my 
Oh, Wishlist. You like this a lot. Yeah, I think you, oh, you would like that one. It, it's a lot of fun. It has, like I said, it has really good character development. It's a well-written story, which yeah. is something I can't say about a lot of lit RPG. No, even though no I, you can't. I dearly enjoy lit RPG. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, but this is a genuinely <laughs> good book for anybody, not just for an RPG nerd. I know. So that's, I don't know if you guys have heard us uh, talk about it. So we're huge. James and I are very big audible people. We like listening to mm-hmm. audiobooks a little bit more. And I know if you guys are kind of like we are nowadays, it's hard to just sit down and read something and spend a little time doing that. So yeah. it's a lot of times I'm usually, like I said, I throw that, that, that audiobook on and I'm out doing something, I'm working out or I'm doing stuff around the house chores or whatever it mm-hmm. is. But it's nice to throw on there. But anyways, um, Kelly, what's your, uh, you got your last one in mind yet? Or? Um, my last one, you did a book series. I've started getting into the Dresden Files. Yeah, we just, uh, <laughs> we're going to plug a little bit. Our last episode, we just did the first book. Which, which one are you on right I'm now? on the Summer Night. Okay, so you which fourth, I think, I think fourth is the fourth book, yeah. one. Yes, that's the so one I'm on. You're getting, you're getting to the good stuff finally. So it's because the first like book is good, but you can tell it's very much a... It, uh, it needs some smoothing out. Yeah, you can definitely tell it needed some smoothing out. So uh, if you listen to the last up, I haven't, I haven't listened to that one yet. No. So, um, the original title for that was semi Automagic. <laughs> much, much better title. Stormfront was the was much better. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah. We'll throw that out there, but yeah, that's a great series. It is, and we really will good. have. To, I've, um, I've been enjoying it so far. We might have to uh, have you and uh, Jackie maybe sit down with me and go over some of the ones because if you guys are really into them, that'd be kind of fun to check out mm-hmm. to see see your guys' perspectives on that. But yeah, my third one was actually we were talking about a little bit earlier the Queen's Gambit. It's actually a Netflix series mm-hmm. I just watched recently, probably the last. Two months ago, probably. Okay. It's a 10-episode series. So it's basically about this uh, this girl. Well, she's more of a woman in, in, in the in the series, but she's very a very intelligent young girl. Her mom mm-hmm. uh, gets killed in a car accident, which you find out later that her mom actually drove into the vehicle. It was set in, like, 1950s-ish. Okay. Don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it, but <laughs> you don't spoil it because you know that almost, like, within the first, like, episode. She gets sent to an orphanage. Uh, she kind of gets uh, becomes friends with one of the caretakers there. He's an older guy. He basically does all his work, a lot of his work in the basement of the orphanage. And she finds out that he's really likes chess. Well, come to find out, she's really good at chess. Like she finds the game mechanics and things like that, and she becomes very, very good at it. And eventually, mm-hmm. she starts. You know, she she you know is asked to come to one of the schools by one of the uh, one of the local high schools by one of the uh, chess coaches. And she just wallops all the all the guys there, <laughs> because back in the fifties, chess was very primary. It was, it was it was still very popular, but it's very primarily a male dominated sport. Correct. And you end up finding out she's a lot better than a lot of people, you know, give her credit for, and, and she keeps going up and up and up. Mm-hmm. But along the way, she kind of finds out that she has kind of an addictive personality mm-hmm. and she kind of becomes addicted to uh, tranquilizers a little bit and, and you know, things, depressants mm-hmm. as they were. Yeah. Um, but without spoiling it, um, the, the big confrontation is between the U S SR and the USA, obviously during the fifties. Mm-hmm. And are, it's like, who is the best? And they yeah. kind of put eventually she and the top Russian chess player, have their big match and you have to see what happens from there. Mm -hmm. But it's a very good kind of thing of like trying to find that balance, like watching um, uh, that uh, find the balances between insanity and genius kind of thing. (laughs) It's very, speaking of, you know, made in a that's very much what this is. 
Yeah. It's a very excellent series. If you guys have a chance to sit down and, and to watch it, um, it was funny. Jackie and I were watching a redo of uh, Emma on HBO a while back, and the main character mm-hmm. in that is is actually the main character. Cause they do it's very good. They actually make chess very interesting for something when chess is kind of slow, and methodical, and mm-hmm. it's fun. It's very good though. But that's that's those are my top three. So I that's I liked you guys' choices a lot, and actually like it gives me some you know room for thought now. Now I want to go listen to all kinds of stuff. <laughs> we're very much audiophiles a little bit, which yeah. other, that's why we're kind of doing this, but I, I, that'd be fun to go check out. So, but again, James and Kelly, I want to thank you guys for coming by, uh, sharing your ideas, doing a quick little once over, um, just for people's uh, reference, probably in the next couple episodes, I think we're going to do a top 10 of 2020 and try to put some happiness in 2020. And I'm going to a little bit here, but we're going to have some more sit down things. I think we're going to do a top 10, uh, IP, our top 10 favorite IP from 2020 or what we've watched in 2020 uh, in the next couple episodes. Kind of see what what what, uh, what we liked, you know, see if there's something different. And we're going to put it out there to see if, what you guys liked, if you guys have something. I want to hear your guys' top 10 whenever we put that one out just to see if we have some similarities with not. But that'd be kind of interesting to see. So, And, and try to do different I, new IP because I always like to hear different new things. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why we're sitting around here. But anyways, guys, um, thanks for sh- coming by and and you know, spewing the spinning the yarn with me, and uh, yeah. <laughs> spewing the spewing the yarn. Yeah, it's a uh, it's we're getting getting towards the end of my tether here on, on speaking. So, but thanks guys for showing up. Um, of and I guess uh, I appreciate you coming by, and we will get out of here. All right, guys, thanks for stopping by. Bye. Bye. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.